Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 126 which is entitled The World Economic Forum, A Lesson in Control and Manipulation. So thank you all for tuning in for today's episode. Uh, it's been quite some quite some time since I, I last did any podcasting so it's good to be back today speaking to you all once again. So what I want to share my musings today or my ideas or thoughts even around um, the World Economic Forum and it's just to consider some sort of um, aspects of what's become very accepted really uh, as a, a commonality or an accepted idea I should say within the alternative media on things like uh, and on social media on Facebook and Twitter and other platforms and forums of course is this idea of the the WEF or the World Economic Forum being the main arbiter, arbiters of power and that they are um, it is now generally accepted that they are the main power brokers behind what we know are just the uh, political national governments around the world. So what I want to um, look into is just to question this uh, orthodoxy and um, just, just to consider what real power the World Economic Forum um, do have. Uh, um, is it true that they're the main power brokers? I mean, perhaps they could just be um, paper tigers or pack patsies or a kind of fake enemy if you like to keep the heat off the real influences uh, behind the curtain so to speak I think it would be um, kind of instructive to start with a, a cultural reference and this is a quote um, I'm not sure which one of the Godmar godfather sorry movies it comes from but it was spoken by uh, Al Pacino's character Don Corleone and I quote he said our greatest enemies are unknown to us. We just don't know who the real ones are. And I think this is a real, <clears throat> obviously a fantastic series of movies. Um, but this particular quote, I think, is really pertinent to what I'm talking about today. Because it's just a sort of cautionary tale of always to be um, careful of anything, um, even even in the alternative sphere, in the old media, that becomes accepted as just a given. This is how it is. Because I think many of us who are on our, um, you know, our journeys of, of selfhood and finding out the truth of the world and ourselves, I think we're all very good at spotting um, propaganda, mind control and all the rest of it in the mainstream. But we need to be aware of how um, the alt media is in many ways is just as controlled and um, I think it's really important to, to reflect upon the fact that what we see in alternative media and with this sort of uh, emphasis upon the World Economic Forum being you know the poster boys for the <laughs> the pushers of evil and um, prevarities of the days um, all we ever get to see really is the outer layers of control. And I've no doubt, I'm certainly not a contrarian or naive, I'm no doubt that um, the World Economic Forum as a group has influence over um, national governments, uh, as we've seen during COVID, more of that in a while. But, you know, who are the power brokers or who are the 
you know the uh, hidden unknowns <clears throat> who 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 might they be and uh, why why are they pushing um and it's only really been since covid um why is it that the world economic economic forum is 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 being pushed so much at this time so i think the first thing i really want to consider is if we think back to october 2019 uh, you might be uh, aware of an event called, um, well, it was called, sorry, Event 201, which was um, when you had uh, a gathering and you had the World Economic Forum or representatives of the WEF, along with the John Hopkins Centre and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And they all met in October 2019 uh, in New York, as you're probably aware, uh, to discuss um how the world would respond in in the light of an event like a covid pandemic and as we know it's an example clear example of predictive programming but i hasten to add the reason why i'm mentioning event 201 in this particular context which was also came under the umbrella title of disaster preparedness i believe is that this was all filmed and many of you like myself may have seen the footage online and we might be aware of the fact that many people have come to the conclusion that as well as predictive programming this is um, this is kind of like the World Economic Forum and, and other groups demonstrating the power that they have that they can be so brazen before the Covid scamdemic that they were actually telling you know as in predictive programming, what they were going to do to us. But I think the important, the important thing to consider is if the World Economic Forum and these other players, as I just said, if they really were so powerful as we're led to believe, would they really put out um, an event that, um, you know, I'm not sure if the public were invited along to it, but we've all seen, as I was just saying, images, uh, footage online of this very slickly produced event. Maybe, maybe the secret hidden unknowns are pushing um, events like 201, event 201, sorry, and those who are contributing it, just so we actually, it's like, take our eyes and our focus and our attention away from the real power brokers, so to speak. I mean, can you imagine, this is a bit like, um, if you had, let's think of back to, of course, um, films where you have, um, like The Godfather, where you have, you know, gangs and things like that, would they really, or the mafia in that instance, of course, would they really put themselves out there and all the main players on the public forum and then film it for everyone to see. Now, as, as I said before, I know some people think, well, that's them being brazen in their approach to try and bamboozle the public. But I don't actually think that is necessarily the case. I think this is put out, actually, to keep the heat off the real po uh, power brokers. And also, it's just, I think it's an example of the way in which then... Uh, people in the truth community or truthers can then pick up on this particular event and then they can run with it and go, well, look, see, this is what they were proposing. And then this 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 is um, this is what actually happened. And in a way, it kind of feeds into this idea I was just talking about before of 
of a sort of uh, paper tiger or um, yeah, a kind of a fake enemy that's that's just put out there. And um, I think this also leads into other things that have been um, put out um, in the alternative media that one could say constitute a ruse or I think um, perhaps are examples again of how the real power brokers, the hidden unknowns, are trying to deliberately confuse well-meaning but perhaps some elements of naive people in the alternative media and the truth movement and to give you a couple of examples you may disagree with me um, but I think one that is quite obviously a faked kind of conspiracy if you want to call it that is the Black Eye Club and you may well have seen that um, footage of celebrities, uh, movie stars, uh, sports people, members of the royal family I think I've seen one image of Prince Andrew and they 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 have um, uh, a black eye, and this is said to denote membership of some sort of um, secret club where perhaps they're they're involved in sodomizing children or paedophilia and things like that. Now, um, that's a very difficult thing, obviously, to investigate and find out if 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 it's the truth. But that's something um, that anyone could push online and just you know as a kind of grift if you like and just to see how naive people can be i think another one that would fall under that kind of category would be the red shoe club i don't know if you've seen that there's images of um kind of wealthy people like bankers and entrepreneurs and financiers and people like that and there's these images of them wearing red shoes and it is said that the skins are from um, ch children who've been in trafficked in child sex gangs, etc. Now, again, I think that's something that's just been put out there deliberately as a kind of um, sort of a, a red herring to take people off the scent, to stop them from investigating real conspiracies that are, are provable, as we know, that anyone with an inter internet connection can find a certifiable, ev certifiable evidence to prove that they are actually real. And so I think it's, I think it's, um, it's worth remembering that when we get drawn into this idea, like I did quite a few years ago now, of wanting to point the finger at one particular group and say well this is the kind of evil heinous thing crimes that they could they could get involved in like producing leather shoes made made with the skin of children you you, you have to be careful it's a bit it's it's in the same way before um making actually accusations about false flag attacks and actors crisis actors being used i think we all need to make sure before we put any content on online speaking to that that we actually do properly investigate um, what's actually happened at an event and we haven't just watched some truthers video and seen it as you know the objective truth and then spread that we do have to there is a responsibility for those of us um, in the so-called truth movement conspiracy circles whatever you want to call it they're all kind of pejorative terms aren't they really to to be to act in a responsible way because those who are looking to um those who are looking to discredit us will take any excuse certainly in the post-covid covid era as well so that's something to um 
something to be aware of during these times. Because um, another thing worth thinking about is even if you think back to think back to when you're at school or college or in your own workplace, uh, perhaps if you work in an office, how quickly Chinese whispers and rumours um, can get spread. Um, and I think you have a similar process that's happened that does happen online. I just want to cite some other examples. We had, um, I think it was Watch the Water documentary that um, um, during that particular documentary or part of it, I should say, sorry, there was claims made that venom had been put in the in the water in the water supply. And I mean, how how do you ever quantify something like you know something like that? And we know there are extremely evil and nefarious things that are taking place right now as you as you listen to my dulcet tones in your ear hole. Um, but we do have to be careful. Um, because there is, as I've just been saying, there is so much nonsense and rubbish that is that is that is put out there. And furthermore, with this idea of sort of Chinese whispers, we know um, that it is extremely easy to fool people, to misdirect people, uh, as I was just saying, uh, away from investigating genuine proven conspiracies. But I think one thing that I know from my own time when I was um, really, I would say, quite unwell, unbalanced, trying to find the ultimate truth, trying to find, I would say, not so much the ultimate conspiracy, but the the ultimate killer piece of information, the definitive version of, say, 9-11 or other such major uh, historical events. I think it's we latch on to these more outlandish ideas because it's that promise of the, as I was just saying, the ultimate, the ultimate, um, the ultimate kind of discovery or secret hidden or uncovering a secret hidden agenda. But, you know, there are a lot of unpleasant people, unethical people who I'm sure take great delight in fooling thousands of millions of naive internet users. And we always, um, we always have to be, um, aware of that so when you know when we are looking at information that maybe is a little bit challenging not to just uh not to have a knee-jerk reaction and assume it is true because as i just said we know how messed up things are and we know that the you know the, the degrees to which the controlling powers will go to control human consciousness to keep human consciousness um at a very low level anyway just re returning again to the WEF or the World Economic Forum I should say to give it its full name another thing that's well worth considering I feel um, or reflecting upon I should say is when you see these kind of hate figures put out there uh, the likes of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates what you've got to remember is these types of people I think I think they are pretty low down the food chain and they they could easily be replaced. And in some sense, I think they represent they are representative of our own or I should say humanity's collective shadow in an extreme form. And I know other people have said said this. I know it can be a bit of a, a leap of faith. But if we do get too caught up in these figures, uh, uh, hate figures, I should say, it really can be um, quite disempowering. Again, I'm not saying they're good people. I'm sure they are all 
at the very least, narciss extremely narcissistic and probably more than likely um, sociopathic in, in their personality types. But I don't think there's anything to be gained from wasting our energies, getting angry and frustra frustrated, focusing on what I would regard as largely bit part players in, in the overall scheme of things. But obviously they don't consider that because they are being told how powerful and, and influent and influential they are. I mean, it's very easy to to blow smoke, uh, you know, proverbially to blow smoke up people's asses. You just provide these people with money uh, or if sexual uh, proclivities, if they have certain sexual proclivities, you provide them with whatever they want, you give them gongs, you give them status, so then they then convince themselves, you know, that they have this no notoriety, and then if we are online hating on them, posting memes, I mean, as I've said before in Discerning Consciousness, um, it's good to occasionally make fun, do some funny memes, but I think if we, if we're doing it too much, we have to be, you know, have to be careful that we're not just projecting our, our anger onto these non-entities. And it's also important to remember that we, we can't change the actions or behaviours of other people. And unfortunately, I think we're always we are always going to live in a in a dualistic world. And I'm, I'm in no way am I. I'm not um, justifying the actions of these people. Of course, I'm I'm not doing that at all. But I'm just trying to give a kind of sort of a more grounded or nuanced response rather than a knee jerk reaction. Because because I think that that way we can, you know, keep our energies high, keep our psychic energies high. And that's what we need um, at this time, as we saw when we were very much under attack um, during the height of the, the covid uh, pandemic. I mean, just touching on this idea again, you know, we shouldn't ignore their actions. We should remain aware without being obsessive. But remember, always remember, you know, what we're here to do. Um, you know, what is our dharma, as I talk about a lot on discerning consciousness. And don't let these, at the end of the, the day, you know, don't let these, if they are even fully human, let's call them, in this instance, creatures, don't let these creatures wind you up. It really... It really isn't worth, you know, isn't, it's just not worth the pain, to be honest, and, and the frustration and and, um, and the evil. Another thing I just want to touch upon also uh, in this particular episode is how the likes of uh, Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates, although they, in some sense, people would say they are act, they are acting in ways that are, creating a kind of harmful effect within society okay that's hard to disagree with but they will never personally harm you or me or anyone you know and again i think it's easy <laughs> to, to literally forget this when we get consumed by some of the kind of truth for storylines and and narratives i mean you know most as we know most people who are sexually abused or um abused in, in any other kind of way, emotionally abused, it's by people they know, it's by f close family or extended family or other people that they might know. Uh, so it's, I think it's important to remember that, to, to, replace, to place these hate figures in, in, in proper context, if you like. And also the other thing 
when we focus on the World Economic Forum and, you know, how they are the sole arbiters of all the evil supposedly on this planet at this time, I think if we do focus on that too much, it can detract. And I know I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else, but it can detract from the real pressing issues that we need to deal with in our day to day lives. And I won't bore you with mine <laughs> at this time, but I know that's something else. It can be a process of psychological transference where it might be that, you know, you need to have a difficult conversation with your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your partner. Or perhaps you need to have a difficult conversation with your boss or a sibling or whatever it might be. I know that sounds very parochial, but ultimately these are the issues that we deal with on a day to day in our day to day lives. And, and they they affect the quality, our life, the quality sorry, of our lives on a very deep level. And if we're just hating on the WEF, you know, every evening and posting funny memes and all the rest of it, are we doing that? There is that danger that we're doing that. You know, we are psychologically projecting outwards externally rather than dealing with issues that need um that need uh that need that need dealing with really i think the other thing is um i've been, i've personally i found this uh works for me is when i look at now sort of things that come to the fore within the news agenda within the news cycle in the alternative media what I try to do is I try to look at it and I put on I kind of put on what I call my anthropological glasses, if you like. And that somehow creates a sort of distance. So I look at it like as an anthropological or cultural study. So what that helps to do is sort of depersonalize it in a way. And then what I find why I use that approach is that I don't then get so emotionally drawn in, drawn in to whatever it is. And that's that's hard because I'm human like everyone else, but it does help to just keep the emotions out or to keep grounded. And this is all obviously part of um, the spiritual journey, the test to become to become a true spiritual warrior. It's really, really difficult, you know. And at the end of the day, what I tend to do to, to lessen any perceived power that these, uh, these creatures, shall we call them, might, might have, I just... In some ways, I try to look at it like as if I I actually pity them. I certainly don't sympathise with them. Of course I don't. But I pity them because they are driven by dogma, delusion and vain glories, as I was say, saying before. And just to reflect again, like I was saying, this means that they are, you know, as easy to control and manipulate as many truthers would, would argue about the so-called, you know, dumb sheeple or, um, the you know, the... Uh, less than enlightened general public so i also think it's always um it's always worthwhile um bearing that in mind especially um especially during this time as well i think um kind of in a in a broader theme in terms of you know when we do research online or when we look at uh, information online it is it, it is important not to just follow the herd and have an unthinking approach to information, as I said before, on discerning consciousness. Because um, any sort of public figure, um, I know this is, sorry, I know this is some, something else that I've spoken about before when I did um, a YouTube video about Novak Djokovic, 
how any public figure seen at a World Economic Forum meeting by extension must be an Illuminati puppet and in extreme cases a satanic paedophile. So, you know, this whole thing of how quick we can judge and how slow we can be to understand. And I think this is part of this process. We need to remember that many public figures are, they are probably told by their agents that, you know, it might help their career if they are seen to be associated with the World Economic Forum. Forum. But that doesn't mean they have any involvement with the organisation. It certainly doesn't mean that they are Illuminati puppets or satanic paedophiles, of course. You know, we need to we need to move away from this sort of relig religious judgment and seeing everything as um, good and evil and not having an appreciation for nuance and contradictions. And, for example, at the moment, I think a lot of people in the alt media are asking themselves, is Elon Musk a good or a bad guy? Well, does it really matter at the end of the day? I mean, it does appear with what's going on um at twitter and their offices uh, their head office and all the rest of it in terms of his sort of seeming attack on the whole woke culture that that is working in our favor but is he a good good guy or a bad guy i guess you know i guess we'll we'll never really um i guess we'll probably never really know to be honest and it is best to avoid kind of simplistic ideas about the world and I think that feeds into this idea that everything's being controlled by the World Economic Forum and it's also by extension that's a really um it's is it's a disempowering it's to um it's all it, it it means that we forget how much power we have to create our own reality within this context of all these different groups the Bilderberg, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Tavistock Institute, the Club of Malta, uh, all of these different groups and, and organisations that do of course have influence but if we remember you know how much power we have and the fact that these organizations and groups have to try and manipulate to whatever degree of course as i'm saying during this episode we don't really know imagine how powerful um that means that we are just imagine so don't get drawn into fatal fatalism um because with with many of these uh things that are going on in the world and i know it's really awful in terms of um, child sex trafficking and things like that when you first learn about the horrors of what's going on and it's very very difficult to to detach from that and of course we're human beings we want we want these people to be stopped from um, from doing these heinous crimes and, and we want to tell the world of course we do um, but there is very there's kind of very it's there are a lot of limitations placed on us in terms of what we can actually to do to stop these awful things um, happening. So just moving on now, um, something else um, that I want to consider is in terms of sort of like um, the truth movement is to try and uh, avoid... The idea of focusing, uh, as I said from the start, really focusing just on one culprit 
for all of the evil in the world. Because that can, I know with me in the past, what that can lead to is you, you get into these, I call it sort of like perpetual doom, doom loops, where there's no solutions, there's no prospect, um, you know, there's no hope. The um, the implementation of, of the New World Order, there's nothing we can do. And, you know, that can lead to um, a great deal of d depression, pessimism and just wanting to give up. And even in some cases to, you know, nihilism, solipsism. And we, re we, we really do need to continually guard against that. And it's that whole thing of being aware, having that grounded well, awareness, I should say, but not being crushed by the enormity of it all, which is extremely difficult because when we go out in our day-to-day -day lives, most people we meet, they have no concern for such issues and that obviously that's, that's down to them. But it can feel like we're very much alone. As I said in an episode uh, where I was talking about where it feels like we're living in two different worlds or, or um, you know, we're living in two different realities, to put it in a different way. But ultimately, it's all part of the spiritual journey, part of our conscious evolution, is we're going to have to evolve beyond simple narratives that uh, suggest humanity is screwed and there's nothing we can do about it, because that's simply, from a higher dimensional or cosmic level, that that isn't true. And you know, what we're going through is a graduation process, always an initiation process. And um, if we're living uh, life as a victim, it is really, really, it is really difficult. Because then not only that, we, we attract to us negative events, uh, dark people. And, and I'm, I'm speaking um, this to you today, not out of judgment, because for quite a few years, around about, 2008 2000 2009 2010 that's exactly the cycle i was in and i was i was completely unaware of it and i and i got almost to the point of a breakdown before i actually realized what was what was happening so this is you know this is in this is really um is it's important stuff so that's why now i no longer listen to what i would call doom doom porn or perpetual doom porn loops and that includes some of the big players because they don't they don't um they don't offer anything any hope they just all they offer is this is what they're going to do to us next this is what the bad guys are going to do to us next and you know how is that any different to all the doom and fear in the mainstream um uh, that we saw obviously on on a hyped up level during the covid19 plan pandemic so in many ways, I think just sticking to doom narratives, I think now really at this point in history and where we are with the history and development of consciousness on this planet, I think it's really quite self-indulgent and is, is really not necessary. And um, I know that one of the things, again, about seeking a single culprit for all the evil on the world in some sort of way, it does make us feel good in our rage and moral indignation. You know, it must be the the, it must be the the the. You know, insert whatever you want to insert. Obviously, in this instance, I'm talking about the World Economic Forum, but many people have many other ideas. Ultimately, who may who may be the main, who may be um, 
the main power brokers. But at this point, we really do need to move on from the blame game. Yes, of course, people should be uh, prosecuted uh, for crimes committed. But unfortunately, we know we know the whole legal profession is 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 rigged. And so it's never unfortunately, it's, it's never going to happen. So I think part of this sort of maturing, if you like, part of this gaining a greater sense of maturity maturity means learning to accept what we can and can't do learning to you know even on a personal level learning to accept what we can and can't change because as we know the internal and external worlds are intimate intimately linked i mean we're not personally here we're not personally going to be able to stop child sex trafficking but what we can do is be a person of honour in, and integrity in our day-to-day -day lives. And I know that sounds rather contrite or perhaps a little bit po patriot, um, parochial or a little bit naive. But it really, it does come down to, you know, that smile, uh, you know, being a smile at a stranger. Because that, that is the impact for me that we can have. And I've struggled for many years dealing with with this emotional attachment to, to, to want to change the world and to want the evildoers to be, you know, to be prosecuted and, and to go to hell, really, because these crimes are so to so, so awful. And it, it's taken me many, many years, many years. It's a difficult attachment. Um, you know, it's a difficult attachment to let go. And I think there are quite a lot of these big truth gurus as I've called them who still haven't done the inner work so that's why when you hear a lot of them speak they're still coming from a place of pain they haven't delved into their shadow they haven't done this sort of archetypal union shadow work and you can hear that in their work it does discolor what you know what they're sharing anyway I don't want to get too much into this right now because I, I'm going to explore some of these issues um in further issues sorry explore some of these issues in further episodes so i think i'm just gonna round up today's uh today's conversation just by way of uh, a little bit of a summary conclusion and so groups like the world economic forum and these hate figures that we have they they only have power over us to the degree that we legitimize that power and i think it's really really important to to remember that and to me this it, it brings to mind it's good to remember the story of the wizard of oz because when we when we um when we turn on all the different aspects of ourselves you know in the story as represented by dorothy the tin man the lion and the scarecrow and other characters like the white witch when all these different aspects of ourselves are working in balance and harmony the head and the heart primarily of course then the evil mighty Oz is just reduced to to nothing but a dust or a vapour, or it's just revealed, of course, in the book and the film as an ineffective old man pushing and pulling on levers and speaking into a, a, a megaphone. But really, I know it's quite a simplistic kind of uh, metaphor, if you like, but it really is the only way we're going to change this this world and it's all it's all kind of like a very simple and complex all at the same time so always remember to follow the yellow brick road directly to your heart especially during this time 
Um, because when we've defeated the enemy within, then we'll defeat the enemy without. So thank you all for uh, listening um, to today's episode. I just want to uh, finish with a little bit of a um, content update. As you may or may not be aware, unfortunately, my YouTube channel, Discerning Consciousness, of course, was deleted back in the middle of September, Yeah, about the 15th or 16th. Um, I was not given any reason, didn't relate to any specific uh, video as such. Uh, YouTube said it was due to my overall content, which is very strange. But anyway, um, I'm now on BitChute. Um, at the moment, I'm transferring all of my... Uh, luckily, I backed up all my videos, so I'm in the process, a very long process of transferring all my videos from YouTube to BitChute. Um, so if you want to catch up with some of those, yeah, check me out on BitChute. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I'm no longer on YouTube. So, yeah, thank you all again for listening, and um, I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye-bye for now.